Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What up, folks, and welcome to the Kyber Culture episode 116 with myself, the Depocalorian, and Din Johnson. Uh, today we're chatting some Star Wars news, some some shakeups in the Star Wars world, and recapping season three, episode two of The Mandalorian. So stick around, make sure to follow the Kyber Culture on all our socials. The links are in the description. If you like what you're listening to, please consider leaving a rating and a review wherever we get podcasts. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. What's up with you, though? Before we get started, how's it, how's it going? Not a whole lot, man. Trying to figure life out, move forward, still playing WoW. Moving uh, fucking sucks. It's terrible. I actually hate it so much. Um, anyway, trying to find I'm roommates. I'm sure you're going to get a sick crib. Yeah, it'll work out. It's It'll be fine. But just going through the process is it's an absolute nightmare. But that's pretty much it for me, man. What's up with you? Not a whole lot. More or less the same as you, just, just working something i've really been enjoying is re-watching those arcs that we talked about in episode 115 mm-hmm. the, the clone wars and rebels arcs that's that's a lot of fun and i'm very happy that i did so because like i i appreciated this episode a lot more after watching those but we can talk about that more when we, when we actually talk about episode uh, episode two aside from that booked another flight to new york i'm gonna go back in april so that's gonna be fun we'll see about that i'm probably gonna go for like a week or so considering moving there we'll see Everything is kind of business as usual on my end. But uh, but okay, so let's get into a little bit of Star Wars news. So uh, like I mentioned earlier, a whole lot of stuff happening. And honestly, subject to change. Like they could honestly say like, hey, like we're actually, like we said this like in this month, but we're actually going to change our minds and we're actually going to move forward with it. But anyways, I guess in short, Disney is pretty anxious about Star Wars returning to the movies. For one, they had a couple of projects in development, which are no longer in development. So I'll start off with those. Um, Kevin Feige, the head guy at Marvel Studios, um, he was supposed to have a Star Wars movie. I think he was going to executive produce it. I don't think he was going to direct it or anything like that, but that movie has been axed. Um, Patty Jenkins, y'all will know her from um, directing both Wonder Woman movies for uh, Warner Brothers in D.C., uh, she initially had a Star Wars film coming out. I think it was actually it was scheduled to come out this year, like later this year. But uh, it, it was titled Rogue Squadron. That one got axed. Uh, I'm I'm assuming. I think this was supposed to be like a fighter pilot type film, like an X-wing fighter pilot type film. Like I remember when they first announced this, there was like a little teaser of her talking about the potential of the film because she talked about you know her dad being a fighter pilot and like how she's like a Star Wars fan and all that stuff. So. Um, rest in peace to that film, but like I said, either of those could come back. I, I think if I were to pick one that would be more likely to come back, it's probably like Kevin Feige's, but we'll see. Ryan Johnson, uh, director of The Last Jedi, uh, no word on his trilogy really. It's still kind of up in the air. They haven't axed that one, um, but Kathleen Kennedy said that Lucasfilm is still interested in like doing his Star Wars trilogy. I would say it's not really in development, but they, they kind of are like, they're wanting it to happen you know um but he has other things on his plate like uh like this peacock series called poker fates which i hear is great i haven't tried watching it yet but i hear it's good and then he also has like all of his knives out movies that he wants to do so we'll see where that goes taika waititi's star wars film this one's actually like still in development he's gonna direct and is supposedly gonna star in it before i move on to those other things or a couple more other things do you have any thoughts on because we talked about the slate quite a few pods ago uh, when this news broke out, I feel like we talked about this the, like a year ago. 
Time doesn't like, make sense to me anymore, but yeah, <laughs> same, same. But either way, we talked about it and all like the potential producers, like all these like great directors, producers that want to make Star Wars content and that they had a possibility to do their own movies. The fact that they're all shelved, I'm not upset about. And I think it's funny because I think I was and still am most excited for YTT's Star mm. Wars because I feel like it would be like most like star wars away from star wars that could possibly be you know like it'll just be the most out there um, yeah i mean you're you're thinking like thor thor ragnarok and like yeah 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 we shared that image of like like oh like here's like some person's like theory of like what the star wars logo could look like under ytt and it looked like you know flintstones i'm not upset about that because i i feel like in terms of star wars cinema I think that's what Star Wars fans need in terms of resetting and just like moving in a different direction in terms of the cinema. But even if that gets axed, I'm totally fine with this because Star Wars series are taking control right now. And I feel like all of these directors, all the producers, they need to sit back and let Filoni and Favreau let them cook. Sorry, hold up, that, hold up, hold up. Let no, wait, wait, hold up. Don't, don't, hold don't. up. Let them cook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let them cook. But like, <laughs> I feel like it would be very wise of Disney in terms of the cinematic part of it to just relax, see where the, the series go, because we have so much good shit coming out in terms of series. Like, let them, let Filoni and Favreau work, do your other projects, Come back, watch the content, rethink what you wanted to do, and then figure out what you need to do in the future for Star Wars. That's all I'm saying. Like, and we're also a little bit disappointed from, you know, seven, eight, nine. So I just feel like it's good to like put a massive e break, like, oh shit, there's a fucking car coming straight at me. E break it. Just hold off and let it happen. Don't force anything. Like, fuck Disney's finances, Bobby. Bob I- Iger, yeah, Iger, Bob Iger. like, yeah, like, fuck the finances, man. If you make good content, they People will, will watch it, and that's yeah. really all I gotta say. I have no specifics about like the individual directors, like they all could be good projects, but nah, just simmer down. Don't force it, man. Just don't force it. You know? Yeah. yeah. All I gotta say. And I'm pretty much on the same page as you. Like, I mean, Star Wars is kind of thriving on TV right now, so. Like, honestly, this news didn't... I'm not thinking, like, oh, this shit's a mess. I think they're, like, actually just taking time to just sit back and think about what they really want to put out there. I think yeah, it's Yeah, no, it's, it's the smartest thing that you can do. Like, instead of just, like, focusing on quantity over quality. Like, you, you brought up Bob Iger already. The movies, even though the sequel trilogy is extremely divisive, The Force Awakens is one of the top grossing movies of all time. It's there. E- even even The Rise of Skywalker is up there, which is like the worst of the three. <laughs> you yeah. know? They all made insane money. I think the only one that they were kind of let down from was was Solo. Uh, and that's actually what he said, is that they were, they were let down by Solo, and then he feels that the cadence was a little too aggressive in, in terms of what they wanted to put out. Honestly, I can see that. Like I like when I was, you know, after Disney had first purchased Lucasfilm and they had already started releasing the slate, they were kind of putting out like, you know, they, they made announcements like, oh, we're going to do Rogue One. We're going to do a solo movie. I'm like, yeah, Han Solo is cool, but I don't know that I was really like looking for a young Han Solo movie. You know, yeah. I don't know how no, many people were. Yeah. And like to get what we got, I mean, you know, there there are thrilling sequences in solo, but I mean. At the end of the day, it just kind of feels like feels like a waste. You know? Yeah, sure. We got some Darth Maul too. Cool. Like, yeah. No. Okay. One one a a tease that is like, okay, are we gonna do anything with this or what? <laughs> you know. <laughs> that that was yeah. Well, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, man. So they're they're really pulling back on Star Wars films. They're really thinking about what they want to do when they return to the movies, and I think that is that is awesome. Don't just be pumping like crazy shit out. Yeah, Taika by TD's Star Wars movie. It's interesting because Taika directed, I think it's the season one finale of The Mandalorian. So yeah, man. Agreed with you. Like, let Filoni and Favreau do their thing on TV. 
But I also do want to say, like, I don't think it's the the wisest move to leave the future to franchise just to like two guys, just because I feel like you should have like you just take the whole team that's working on the Mandalorian. You got directors like Deborah Chow, Bryce Dallas Howard, um, Rick Famuyiwa, like the whole squad that's doing. They all need to be involved. Yeah, involved. they all need to be involved somehow. Like Filoni and Favreau, like I guess steering the ship is is good, but like bring in the talent that's already on the Mandalorian. Oh and yeah, I agree. You'll you'll have a good I think you'll have a good built universe there. And maybe bring in like, you know, some other like tentpole directors to make uh to make some Star Wars movies. They got a great thing going with the series. I just hope it spills over and eventually bridges to the cinematic universe and then we just have like the craziest Star Wars we've ever seen. It, if even if it's if, ten years from now. I don't care. Yeah, I'll I'll be there. I think the best thing that they could do for themselves right now is like tease Thrawn on TV, but then make a like a trilogy focusing on that, and maybe like potentially expand the world between six and seven. Like what happens to Thrawn at the end of Heir to the Empire? I don't I don't know. You know, what he I mean? just gets like minorly defeated. It just goes on into the next big battle. Well. From his point of view. Yeah, so I think there is potential there. Like, build up Thrawn with live-action shows. I don't think necessarily a trilogy, but it's for hard. Thrawn? I mean, you could make a trilogy. Of, yeah, for Thrawn. I think you could condense the three books, either three seasons of a show or two movies. But you also have to get, like, the lore behind Thrawn. And uh, I don't care. However they do it, just do it. Just yeah. get Thrawn in there. That's it. I'd, I'd be interested to see Luke with two U's. <laughs> You're talking about clone talking Luke, about like a little mount, yeah, a little Mount Tantus, like a little, yeah. little, little clone, a little clone Luke. Yeah, that that would be an interesting little thing to toss into the mix, just because everyone only knows Luke as a hero, and they could definitely just not even do the fucking weird CGI face thing. They could just <laughs> cast someone that like looks like young Mark Hamill, pass it off as a clone. Easily. Like, you don't have to do the crazy CGI stuff for a clone Luke because not, I mean, yeah, like, I don't think, like, the, like, all clones have to look exactly the same, you know? <laughs> As we know, we, we do know. Like, we, we, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. My, my imagination is just running now. But. And just, and you know, like, if we get a little hint at Mara Jade, that would be pretty fucking tight, too. Like, Mara mm-hmm. Jade's got some, some good story. If they throw Sabai off in there, too, I'm going to be. You see me right now, Joe. I'm full fucking eyes wide open. Fucking torqued. I'm I'm fucking flat. (laughs) I'm juiced. We'll see how it goes. But that's what I'm saying earlier is that like because initially when Disney first bought Lucasfilm, they were like, oh, no, these books aren't canon. But obviously now they're bringing Thrawn back like this shit's canon now. Like they can change. They can change their mind on a dime if, you know, you can't throw away like 35,000 positive reviews on audible for the fucking five star reviews on audible from the books and just like disregard it you can't do that it's unfair i i feel that for sure and not only is it like high rated on audible but it's also like it's high rated on um i just downloaded goodreads 80 83,000 ratings almost 4,000 reviews it's a fucking 4.16 out of 5 it's that's that's a fuck ton rave reviews all across the board it's crazy but yeah so that's star wars news before we move on let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors every day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in at u.s border patrol protecting our borders is more than a job it's a calling agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. 
Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, and we're back. Let's get into Season 3, Episode 2 of The Mandalorian, Chapter 18, The Minds of Mandalore. Uh, this episode written by John Favreau, directed by Rachel Morrison. Let me start us off. I'll be honest with you. I did not think we were going to get Mandalore this fast. Like exploring Mandalore this quick. hundred percent. A hundred percent. I thought we were going to go on some like, you know, some random ass adventure for episode two. Did not think we were going to like just drive or like just dive straight into like the story of like this feels like the main thing is like. Mando like having to redeem himself and then like what does that mean after he redeems himself he's from well we'll talk about it but I really dug this episode and I just have to talk about this real quick I don't know if you saw this but IGN for some reason I usually agree like I I find IGN reviews pretty agreeable for the most part they gave it a five out of ten like one of the main things that they were saying was like oh the lighting was terrible it was too dark and um it really took away from big moments in the show that were supposed to be huge but the fact that it was too dark like kind of took Bruh. away from it and i'm like well l- listen like if you have if you have a bad tv just say that bro like m- maybe just adjust your tv to factory recommended settings like granted i watched it in my bedroom and it was like pitch black at like four in the morning and it was dark out so it looked it looked great to me <laughs> you know like everything looked fine on my Dude, end that's some fucking cap i'm not gonna lie <laughs> yeah okay. factor cap this episode was bad factor cap that's big cap ign is a gaming <laughs> website and they give shit reviews on good games as it is. Like, <laughs> they don't even review good games well. At, at IGN and this shit. I swear <laughs> to God. Adam. Dude, fuck off, man. Like, you're complaining about lighting and shit. That's what brings it to a 5 out of 10? 5 out of 10 over just lighting issues? Like, I think this episode is, like, not leagues, but I do think this one is better than the first episode. I'm, I'm pretty sure they rated the first episode high. I was like... No, this is great. Like we get more like Mandalorian lore. We it, it definitely progresses the story forward. So I just, I just didn't I didn't understand this five out of ten from IGN. Nah, I, was like, I don't I don't guys. I don't fuck with it. <laughs> and it's all it's it's always like it's one person writing something, and maybe they were intentionally super critical of it, even if it wasn't even it's something bait. to be critical about. You know, it's bait. It's bait, it, and we fell for it. it. It's it's bait, and it's like, oh well, here's the one negative review on it, or like you know the the minority negative reviews. Like, let's just let's go into that and see what people are saying bad about this. I'm convinced it's bait that like they they knew by putting a bad review out for like an actually solid episode would get reactions from people online. So Dude, shame shame on you. Also, IGN. if if you're gonna say something bad about this episode, it's just Pelimoto coming back and like that. That's it. Like <laughs> it's that whole scene. Like that's it. It's not even that bad. Oh, Pelimoto. Yeah, that's enough about IGN. But since we're since you brought up Pelimoto, that's a good segue. Uh, we start out on Tatooine because you know uh, we always got to go back to Tatooine in Star Wars. No way around Tatooine. Question for you, but yeah, no, we we do see uh, Pelimoto. Uh, she's hustling folks out here to make a little more extra, a little more extra credits. Gotta, gotta respect the, gotta respect the game. You know, her and the Jawas got some shit yeah, going on. Her, yeah, don't don't hate the player, hate the game. You think Bunta Eve on Tatooine is lit? Fuck yeah, dude. Bunta Eve on Tatooine is probably dumb lit. Like you just go out there with like a like with some spotchka and some spice and just watch some fireworks. That shit's probably crazy, dude. <laughs> Ever since fucking Anakin Skywalker came in there with the fucking pop racer, <laughs> that shit's fucking banging every fucking year or rotation. Or... Uh, I'm 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 assuming this is like New Year's Eve, right? This has got to be New Year's Eve for for Tatooine. I mean, the fireworks, you know, all that, yeah, something like that. Maybe I would love to experience Punta Eve sometime. But anyway, um, something else that I liked in this little sequence: fucking Grogu with the fucking Force Leap, bro. 
fucking <laughs> the craziest flip just to jump into Pelimoto's arms. Damn, <laughs> that shit's nuts. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Um, I'm a little. Uh, I I like the return of R five. They're trying to bring back R five into the whole into this, but these two episodes kind of have me feeling some type of way about droids because it's like okay. Let's let's like spend like 15, 20 minutes talking about IG-11 in episode one. That's actually not going to matter by episode two because we're going to use R5 for it anyway. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, what, what, what the hell was all this then? But I'm not going to knock it down for that. I'm just going to say like, this is just the most like puzzling thing to me. It's a little bit off-putting at a minimum. At the end of the day, it ended all it, it all worked out for him, you know, because he had to use R five. Well, we'll 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 move forward a little bit. So after after Tatooine, or you have any thoughts on Tatooine? Nah, just Boon to Eve. Every time I hear Boon to Eve, I just it is Skywalker. <laughs> that's all I. That's all I hear in my head. That's that's it. That's all I got. Okay, so after that, we get Grogu and and Mando traveling to Mandalore. And uh, I can't lie to you, this one quick little piece of dialogue got to me. And he like it's pretty much Mando talking to Grogu, like explaining like all the planets in uh, in the Mandalore system. Um, there's Mandalore, uh, Concordia, which where he says he grew up, which I want to get your thoughts on that real quick. And then the one where Bo-Katan's at, I, f- I forget what the name of that planet is. Um, but something he said to Grogu was that, like, oh, this is Mandalore. It's Mandalore. It's the home world of our people. Like, he's talking to Grogu. He's like, hey, like, you're you're one of us, you know? How did you feel about that? Did, did that, like, pop out to you or anything? Like, right when he well, said our, I was like, oh, my heart. <laughs> it, it, it did pop out, but it's also like he made that decision. He made that decision. He took the Beskar chainmail mm-hmm. in Book of Boba Fett. He didn't take the lightsaber. He's a Mandalorian. Like, uh, how, He's how a would foundling. That, how, uh, like, if you were Mando, how would you take that? I'm going with you. Like, I'm here for the ride. It was very sweet. I was like, damn. It's like, yeah, that, that's that's some awesome father and son shit right there. But let's talk about uh, let's talk about Concordia real quick. The fact that mm. Mando grew up on the moon. I mm. I don't know why it eluded me that of the possibility that he grew up on Concordia. Did you ever think about that? Or no, were, honestly, were you like, were you like he had to have grown up on Concordia? No, 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 no. It, I, it actually didn't occur to me at all because they introduced this concept of a foundling in terms of the Mandalorian creed. Mm-hmm. So I, I had assumed or maybe even deduced that like you could be a foundling anywhere. Mm-hmm. But like Concordia was a moon around Mandalore. And that's where like the Death Watch hide it out. That's mm-hmm. where like Previsla was that Previsla was. I for some reason thought like Concordia and Concord Dawn were like one and the same, but they are not. Concord Dawn is like a whole nother planet that's shattered, and that's where like Django Fett came from. It's okay. crazy. It's yeah. but it's it's crazy. Like the, the second that they introduced this. Like, oh, he was born in, on Concordia. I was like, fuck, that's crazy. Because Concordia also used to be like a territory, so right. to speak, of right. Mandalore. That had a governor. Right. But, it, you know, the Death Watch came and it became this whole, like, political... Go watch it. Go, go watch the episodes we recommended. But moving on, uh, we fly into Mandalore. Honestly, I think it looks awesome. The VFX and the volume at least to me, aren't overwhelming and actually looks like quote-unquote real. Uh, seeing those structures as ruins, like after watching these Mandalore arcs when they're not in ruins, looks amazing. Like they, they fucking nailed it. It's like just all these like weird-shaped buildings just piled on top of one another, like just seeing it in Clone Wars and like when it's all like sunshine and rainbows, you know, and then seeing it like this, I'm like, dude, it looks exactly like it. It's just shit that's what that's why i mentioned earlier is that like watching these arcs prior like seeing mandalore mm-hmm. under satine was so who is clan crease yeah who is clan crease if you guys oh, didn't Tom's know sister. satine and yeah it, yeah yeah so just awesome stuff uh there are crazy beasts 
occupying the city and Din almost got clapped by him, but he like he's still having trouble with the Darksaber. It's like one of those it Din using the Darksaber reminds me of uh not not Milnir, but like it's just one of those giant bastard swords, like you know, like a big ass two handed sword in, in like World of Warcraft, if you will. Or like uh you know those uh those big ass like mini bosses in God of War that have the, the big ass two handed swords, you know? Just like drag it behind them. Yeah, just dragging it behind them. That's that's what it, the this reminds me of. It's like that that's how Din is using the Darksaber right now. <laughs> it's just like a big ass thing that he can't handle. Um, but he still got busy though. Like he he like um kind of wiped them all out. Uh, even though it was difficult. But um, I I don't know that he's getting any better with the dark saber. <laughs> <laughs> like the best he was with the dark saber was when he was in uh in the book of Boba Fett when he went after the the dog looking bounty hunter. But yeah, no, he he was still doing fine. What you what you what you think of of the episode up to up to this point? It, it's funny because, yeah, he's definitely still struggling, especially when he was going to go, going up against um, big ass Mandalorian with the fucking chain gun. Oh, um, it's a crease. Which, which no, it's a that? no, that's a Vizsla. That's a Vizsla. I want to figure out his name. We need we need to get that. I name think it, down. in this episode of the Mandalorian, he's just about the same skill level with the Darksaber as he was in. Was that Book of Boba Fett or was that Mandalorian season two? I swear to God, where he's dueling the like, other Vizsla. Uh, yeah. Pause Vizsla, that's his name. Pause, Pause Vizsla. Yeah, no, that's that's Book of Boba Fett. He seems as equal strength or weakness, whatever you want to call it, with the Darksaber there. But what I did find was funny is I felt like there was a couple moments in that little battle where Mando tried to like hide that he couldn't quite wield the Darksaber as well as if he was fighting like other Mandalorians. But it's mm -hmm. like, dude, these are just like random creatures. Like you don't even know if they understand what the Darksaber is. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Figure Still it made... out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Figure it out. Still made really quick work of them. Love how he just kicked one of them off into like the actual city of Mandalore. That kind of gives you this like. And this is Sundari. This is Sundari. This is, this is Sundari. This is the capital of Mandalore. It gives you the actual depth, like in terms of the geography of Sundari. It's fucking amazing. I it's just it's a culture of people that have known pretty much nothing but turmoil and conflict for their entire like existence, except maybe dating back way, way, way to the old Republic when they were like all united. But to just see their world destroyed after they were almost united by Bo-Katan. It's yeah, just, no, Bo Bo-Katan ruled for, for a little bit. Yeah, she did. And we'll, um, we'll, we'll talk about, yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But it's but it's still so, like, heart-wrenching to see. Great scenes, though. Great visuals. Fucking love it. Um, But keep going through the episode. Holy shit, like, probably one of the creepiest aliens ever in Star Wars. The one-eyed spider-looking thing, and it's actually controlled by, like, a smaller spider inside. Like, the, the whole thing is just armor. But and it has like, like a human damn. eye. Yeah, no, a disgusting looking eye, like super creepy. This thing fucking just injects him with like some numbing shit so that Mando is put out of commission. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Honestly, this is one of my favorite sequences because not not because Din Charm was taken out, but Grogu fucking comes in clutch here. I it's think with this is bullshit. to me this is like the it's the cutest Grogu has ever been. <laughs> like like he tries to save or tries to save Din by like force opening the cage or whatever it doesn't work he gets caught by the creepy looking spider thing but then he escapes and we get like a little side quest with grogu and i think it's awesome but he like hops in his little like thing that he use uses to move around and he's like speeding with it and his like his little ears are flapping uh <laughs> that was just so adorable but um i i kind of take like we we briefly talked about this in uh 
like uh, in episode 115, we're talking about the first episode. I kind of take back what I said about his time with Luke for two years. Like, I, I think we were you both thought it agreement. was useless. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think we were both in agreement. It's like, dude, he, like you were with him for two years and he can't do shit. And it's like, no, 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 he can he can do he can do some things. He was able to hold his own and escape mm. here. Like he can do like a couple force flips. He can do some crazy force pushes. I think the most important thing here is that in season one, maybe even season two, I don't I don't know how I don't remember how much of the force that Grogu was using in season two, but in season one, in season one, if he used the force like at all, like he was like, all right, it's nap time, and now he can like use the force, and it's like, oh, I'm good. So I think he's he's actually able to do quite a bit um, after two years being under Luke. I also didn't know that he can control his little seat. Um, I thought he was just like uh, like hooked up to some Bluetooth with with Din, <laughs> <laughs> but he can full on like drive the thing. He can turn on lights. He can like fly it upwards or downwards. I think it's awesome. I definitely uh, loved Grogu uh, here. I- I'm definitely down. Like, like I-, I was hooked in more into into the cuteness, but. Um, <laughs> what did what did you think about uh what did you think about grogu here i'm gonna i'm gonna rewind a little bit the trap that was sprung the helmet that was buried the mandalorian oh, yeah, yeah yeah this is a stretch but that mandalorian helmet that mando picked up was definitely white i didn't see a lot of yellow but what i know is there are only one or two clans in the mandalorian culture that have white armor the one I'm thinking of is Clan Wren. Who's a Wren? Sabine. Just throwing it out there. Do I think it's going to go anywhere? Eh. Am I hopeful? Yeah. Well, let's move on. So after that, Grogu goes, uh, he escapes and then goes to Bo-Katan. Luckily, R5 can pilot the ship to get to Bo-Katan. And then we got Bo-Katan going back to Mandalore, just kicking so much butt. You know, before the season started, I was picturing in my head. I was thinking, like, what? When are we gonna get the blue shields in live action? You know, because mm. we mm. never, we never got the Mandalorian mm. shields in live action, right? And I was like, oh, like, is Din ever gonna get one? And what, what if he did get one? And like, he had this shield and held the dark saber, and I was like, damn, that would look so sick. <laughs> and we fucking got it this episode, but it was with Bogaton. And I was like, this is so fucking cool. Like, Bo-Katan just kicking ass, like, wielding the Darksaber with ease and just using that little blue shield. Like, I, I was picturing in my head, like, like Mando would, like, face off against Bo-Katan in, like, a duel or something. And he would have a shield and, and the Darksaber in one hand. And she would have her own, like, weapons or whatever. But I'm so happy that it, this moment that I was picturing in my head it was just, it, it went to Bo-Katan instead. You know, came to fruition. Yeah, no, it, it was just so fucking cool. So I loved seeing that she fights against the creepy ass spider and it's it's just awesome. Uh, she has like little conversations with Grogu here and there, which are really nice. Like, uh, like I like that she tells him like, you know, like the Jedi and and Mandalorians used to fight like side by side. It just made me think about like her fighting alongside Obi-Wan and Ahsoka. Ahsoka, yep. But yeah, no, like, I think Bo-Katan was awesome. And, and Katie, I, I don't know if it's Katie or Kate Sackoff, but I think this was, this is probably her best performance as Bo-Katan so far in The Mandalorian. And I just can't wait to see more. But what did you think about uh, Bo-Katan in this? Fucking love her. You go from Grogu coming back in the ship, Bo-Katan thinks like, oh God, he's back again. I, I don't want any relationships with you. Like, we're, we don't, see eye to eye ship lands the n1 lands opens up the fucking the hatch it's just grogu and then her face instantly turns into concern and you're like okay yep she likes mando she likes mando a lot she loves din but you go down into this and she's just when she gets to the mines she's a sharpshooter she's i think she's the most skilled mandalorian fighter of all mandalorians in this timeline or even even in like the Clone Wars, like she's the best, and you get a supportive appreciation for it here. Mm-hmm. She's dude saves Mando, kills kills the the tiny cyborg creature. I don't even know what to call it. And she makes quick fucking work of the droid with the fucking dark saber. Man, 
I fucking loved it. I was like, dude, this is so fucking badass. Yeah, she goes full seal shield and sword mm-hmm. with the with the blue the blue like it's not even that big. It's not even that big. I'm like, yeah, it's a little what guy. Are you gonna block with this, like, what, what are you gonna block with this? But makes use of it. She is the definition of a Mandalorian. I think she absolutely is. It's it's so fucking good. There was a part of me though. I'm not gonna lie. When Mando got captured, I was hoping Grogu would use the Force to pull the dark saber back to him. No fucking <laughs> way, dude. No, no. I hey, yo, no. Low key, I would have been. I would have been a little upset. I would be like, Nah, dude, you cannot do this. Not right now, anyways. This thing is literally your size. Like the dark saber is literally as tall as Grogu is. There's it's- no way. Probably 20 times heavier than you when you willed it, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Nah, dude. No way. (laughs) That would have been fucking hilarious, though. I might have just... No, I would have just been like, oh, my God. (laughs) Next. Oh, man. That would have been so funny. But, yeah, no. Bo-Katan in this. Fucking awesome. Yeah, no. And then after after this, after she fights off, saves, saves Din, they have, like, a little conversation over some pog soup. I thought this was like there there are little things in this scene here. Like when he is like well enough to get up and move around. Like after she had saved him with the dark saber, like I, I noticed this, like all his weapons are laid out and he picks up his gun, puts it in his holster, picks up his knife, puts it in his holster, reaches for the dark saber, just puts it away, and I feel like she was kind of there just like watching it. You know, like watching what he's going to do with the Darksaber. You know, I feel like there was like a little tension there. You know, she just has to respect the fact that she has to win it in combat. You know, like she can't just like he can't give it to her. I'm surprised that he didn't like because initially after he defeated Moff Gideon, he was like, here, take the Darksaber. I don't care. I feel like he would feel some type of way about the Darksaber after her saving his life. Like maybe he would at least like try again. You know what I mean? You saved my life. You you deserve this. Even if it's just like a quick sentence, it's like, you know, it's like, okay, does Mando like totally understand that it has to be won, won by combat now? I don't I don't know. I think she's depressed. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, we already got two long enough shots. Like she's sitting on her air quote throne. And I forgot the planet's name, but she's sitting there and she's just totally apathetic and depressed about, about the state of the remaining Mandalorians. She has a willingness deep down to still rule Mandalore again, even though Mandalore itself, the planet in Sundari, is totally destroyed. If the power struggle comes up again, Bo-Katan is going to be there. And mm-hmm. we'll move forward with the episode, because it's probably going to be a power struggle. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah, all that to say, let's move on here. So after Bo-Katan kicks butt, and after that conversation that they have talking about Pog Soup, we venture or uh, Bo-Katan moves, takes Din to the mines of Mandalore, to the actual proper mines, to the living waters, if you will. And they have like nice little conversations here. I think uh, I think this might be where Bo-Katan tells Din that she's royalty, like her family ruled it, uh, ruled Mandalore or whatever. Her family ruled it. And... We get to the waters. We get to the living waters of Mandalore. Pretty much what goes on here is Din starts taking off. I thought he was about to go helmetless here. I thought he was about to take off me his too. helmet. Yeah, yeah no, me too. I thought that would have been cool. I thought he was about to go full <laughs> naked, Pedro Pascal. No, but I think it would have been awesome if like, if maybe he removed the helmet, but I guess as, as being a child of the watch, you have to keep the helmet on at all times. So it makes sense they kept it on. Um, Even though he broke the creed. Yeah, even though he broke he it. He still adheres to it. Yeah. Still adheres to it and wants to, like, stay part of it so that he can, like, never remove it again. And I think that's, like, an interesting dynamic here in this episode is that Din wants to follow this creed, like, so, like, down to a T. And Bo-Katan is like, like, these are children's stories, you know? Like, I'll take you down to these waters, but it doesn't really, like... Like, she doesn't really, like, believe... It's just, like, opposing, like... Uh, perspectives you know which i think is pretty interesting for this episode and so he is like took off his jetpack took off his cape he walks into the waters reciting that that like creed of the of the mandalore which i thought was pretty cool it's almost like a rebirth scene 
So he he's walking into the waters and he like sinks to the bottom. And I'm wondering if he got pulled down or if like uh, if there if there's something like, I don't know, about him that just like weighs him down like heavily or whatever. You know, it's like in a similar fashion to where like he can't hold the Darksaber because it's so heavy. You know, I it's wonder like if it's something about him. Thing. Yeah, like an existential thing that makes he himself as a Mandalorian like like quote unquote heavy. If if you get yeah. what I'm trying to get at, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes him just sink straight to the bottom. Because there's and, no way um, like moving forward what we see dragged him down that fast for us to not see it. Yeah. I don't think yeah, no, I don't yeah, no, we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. So after he sinks to the bottom, Bokatan does not sink to the bottom. You know, like she just dives straight in and this thing is fucking like leagues deep. You know, yeah. she finds him at the very bottom of this shit. So she rescues him. And before we talk about the, the big reveal here, I, I want to recite this quote from from the armor. It's the songs of Eon pass foretold the Mythosar rising up to herald a new age of Mandalore. And um, we see a live action Mythosar here. <laughs> Which is crazy because it's just been chilling down there. And I'm like, damn, like I didn't even know. I thought this was just like a creature that was supposed to be living above ground. But this thing can fully live underwater and like maybe it's like down there waiting, you know, waiting for the new. The like, right. The rightful air. The rightful air to lead the people. Exactly. So it's just like, oh, man, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy. crazy. It's so cool. Maybe he like maybe they are setting up din to lead them but like i i would even argue that it's even possible that like bokatan could be leading them you know because mm. she saved him and shit mm. like I, I think it's it's still up in the air up in the air for for both of them you know but yeah no the the scene is just so so interesting and oh man it's just so so awesome and like just to see like like the final shot of this episode is like it's focused on bokatan but she like she keeps her helmet on, but you know she is just absolutely shocked at what she just saw. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because she spent the entire episode talking about how, like, oh no, these are it's children's myths. stories. Children's yeah, stories. It's myths. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And now she just like saw it. She's like, oh fuck. You know what I'm saying? It's just true. Yeah. So um, so what 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 did you think about this final sequence? I love it. I love that Dinjarin found the waters. With Bokatan helping him, he was just ready. He had like the creed rehearsed, like everything, took off his cape, all that. And Bogotan sitting back there, like, holy shit, I think I'm, I might be reforming here. Like, mm-hmm. the thing, like, what I'm seeing right now is I disregarded all this, I dismissed all of this. And it's, it's insane that I'm seeing this right now. Jetpacks in the water, not a huge fan. It did happen in the Clone Wars. It did happen in the Clone Wars, so that's fine. I'm yeah, it happened like, in the Clone Wars. It, it happened fire in season going two into as well. Walk. Sure, I, I got past that real quick. Yeah, but I love this. And then you know, going back to the whole IGN article, the lighting and all this shit. Oh, and the lighting's perfect here. And I knew the city I is knew. destroyed, bro. The city is destroyed, yeah. and you're underwater like, here. Like, the, there's what? no electricity, man. There's no <laughs> government, man. Nobody's here, man. I don't get. Anyways, it. enough enough about IGN, but yeah, yeah, yeah enough about that fucking mythosaur comes out in the second episode i did not expect that i don't think anybody expected this i think it is tying into my like vision of how the rest of the season is going to go into ahsoka i think they're going to tie off dinjarin's story sooner than later so that they can move forward into ahsoka and i don't think we're going to get a season four of mandalorian oh that's all i'm going to say well let's go back to the mythosaur will he ride it Will he ride? He has to. Your ancestors rode the great mythosaur. I have spoken. <laughs> he has to. But against who? Has to be Moff against Ge- Thrawn. Moff- no. Well, Moff Gideon's clone experiment, maybe? Like, who's he cloning, you know? Because Moff Gideon's not dead. He's not dead. He's just he's just locked up by by the New Republic for now. Yeah, bitch-ass Cara Dune's fucking holding that shit down. That, that, that'll be interesting to see. Do you think that's going to happen, though? You think him riding the mythosaur? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You think you think for sure? Yeah, I think for sure he'll ride the mythosaur. Yeah, I can definitely see him 
riding the mythosaur. And I think at that point, it's like pretty much all of the Mandalorians around the galaxy are pretty much like bowed down to him at that point, mm-hmm. especially if he has the power to like fully wield Darksaber. He is Mandalore at that point. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about. This misguided foundling going from, I don't know, my way in the world. I was you know, saved from the clankers and it could just be so good. But the fact that they're progressing this so much, yeah, I think it's going to be we're moving towards something else in the latter half of the season. But what do you think? I'm just curious, like, I I've, I don't know anything about a mythosaur besides what the skull looks like. No, I like, don't okay, either. Obviously, it can, it can swim and breathe underwater, but can it... I, I'm assuming it can also ride on land, but can it fly? <laughs> I'm like... What? The, where are they gonna go with this thing, bro? I'm like, damn it. <laughs> I'm assuming it probably can't fly, but that'd be sick. It probably, it probably can or fly. can't. Cannot. Yeah, Cannot. no, I don't. I don't think it can fly either. But I'm just like, what if it can fucking fly? <laughs> well, dude, then we're getting into fucking Pergil territory again. There, there has to be a battle, right? Like he has to ride it into battle. Like he can't. Yeah. Well. It it can't just be like his trusty steed, right? Like there there has to be some importance to it. Like in fucking Avatar, you oh, ride shit. fucking uh Oh shit. You ride uh Turuk Makto <laughs> and you you lead the people, but you can fly Turuk Makto into battle and it can like fight things, you know? And it's supposed to be like legendary if you can ride Turuk Makto. <laughs> the legendary mount. Yeah. So it's like, okay, what, okay, like, what, what's the deal with the mythosaur? How are they going to use the mythosaur? That's all I want to know. But I do think that he will write it. The context of why he writes it, yeah, that's that's is, the big mystery. The, that's what I want to know. It, shout out Lopi hit me with that question. I was like, yo, bang! I don't think I want a Mandalorian season four because okay. if if you're thinking about Mandalorian culture and where we're going with these three. 2.5 seasons. I don't think there's much to go from here. If, like you already introduced the Mythosaur. We got Mandalore. How much further can we go with the Mandalorian culture and with Din Djarin? You know what I mean? I mean, I think John Favreau even said like he doesn't have he doesn't have a definitive end for it yet. Yeah, but um, that's a smart smart thing to say. I don't know. I mean, there there could be conflicts in like like who decided that Din Djarin's supposed to lead the people, you know? I feel like the the Mandalorian can still be like broken and he'll like try to like unite all of them for for something. I think you can make another season out of that. But it'll be you overshadowed by Ahsoka. What do you what do you mean overshadowed though? Like why can't they both exist? I mean they can, but it'll be like I feel like it'll be a similar to how we feel about Bad Batch right now versus Mando season three. Like they're both good, but Mando's a lot better. I don't I don't think they could just put an end to Mando just because Ahsoka does well. Like Mando is the like like I, I always bring this up, but it launched the platform. True. Like I don't I don't True. think people are gonna be buying up Disney Plus to watch Ahsoka. Okay. Like so I think it's gonna be good. Season three, Ahsoka, season four, an acolyte in the background. I mean, I think that after season four, then it's definitely done. I don't know. I guess we'll see. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm going off and like because like Mando is like an established like, Mando is like an established brand, and you don't we don't really know how Ahsoka and Acolyte are going to go yet, especially since Acolyte takes place years and years before all of this. True for Acolyte, true. Yeah, no, I think I think uh, Mando and Ahsoka have to kind of work hand in hand because they're gonna they're they're both like. Like Mando season two was more or less like a backdoor pilot into Ahsoka. I think they're going to be both dealing with the same problem. I think they're, they're yeah. yeah, same conflicts, common enemy. I think they're going to just try to, you know, build a shared, a shared universe. Like I read an article that said Ahsoka is going to be a spinoff of the Mandalorian. Like, that's not true. That's not fucking true at all. That's a false statement. Like, yeah, she showed up in The Mandalorian, but her having her own show is not a spinoff of The Mandalorian. It's in the same timeline, but it doesn't mean it's a spinoff of the show. Are you taking spinoff as like a negative thing? No. The way I see a spinoff is like you introduce, introduced these characters 
in one series and then totally wrote different stories from that, like stemmed from that series. Ahsoka did not stem from the Mandalorian. <laughs> but I mean, they're a part, a big part of Ahsoka, I think is what's going to happen, continues from this, from season two of the Mandalorian. I think that's where they're, what they're trying to get at. A part of Ahsoka's story, you know, started like when she said, where's Grand Admiral Thrawn? In that aspect, yes, it'll be a spinoff of that. I don't think it's a bad thing, you know, but she is like, uh, like, I think I know what you're trying to get at. I think like she is at she least in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, she has much more content than the Mandalorian. I think the Mandalorian is just like I think more people have seen more people have seen the Mandalorian. I think more than have seen like the the bulk of like Clone Wars or Rebels. I think yeah. uh, I think they can they'll have like a like a shared universe that that'd be interesting to see if they ended with season three of Mandalorian. Like I could I could see how that would work and have him just be like like oh like Ahsoka needs help that then we do like a couple like a like an and if we only do like Ahsoka seasons moving forward, like he just pops in like for a quick like two episode arc or something. Like and establish him in season three as like the leader of Mandalore and you could just go to him like like a like a like a grief cargo or something, you know? Like how they Yeah, like a recurring character that has importance but isn't he's not gonna be there all the time. Quintessential, yeah. But yeah, this episode it's not a five out of ten IGN. It's it's at least a nine. <laughs> I kind of give it a five out of five. I mean, that cliffhanger is just amazing. The yeah. Mythosaur coming for a second episode. Oh, that's yeah. A five out of five for me. Pretty damn good. But yeah, no, that I mean, any other thought? I think that's all I have on this episode. Any other thoughts from you? Any any closing thoughts? No, I just love seeing Bogotan back, seeing Mandalore post Night of a Thousand Tears. Shit hits you hard. It does. But she's like to terms with it, you know? It is but as the audience, you're not. And uh, I guess my closing thought: we're we're almost all done with footage from trailers. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. So I think maybe the next episode they go back to wherever the armor was. That that's it. Like we don't know anything else about the rest of the season. I'm looking maybe forward to the rest of it. Maybe it's random adventure time for episode three. That's Damn, my... random adventure time. I. I... <laughs> Oh, man. I think that, I mean, that's not what I want, but that's what I'm guessing. Yeah, we'll see. So, so yeah, that's that's our recap on episode two of season three of The Mandalorian. That'll do it for episode 116. Folks, thanks for tuning in. Please be sure to follow the Kyber Culture on all socials. We got a YouTube page. Please subscribe. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating. We really appreciate it. But, um, but until episode 117, we'll catch you guys next time. So peace. peace.